Hello there, Stuart Wellborn here, and we're going to be doing the Monday Motivation episode of the Reality Responsibility Podcast. Whew, got that out, all right. Okay, if you're unfamiliar with what this is about, on Mondays I will be reading a chapter from a self-development book which is in the public domain. Uh, was doing As a Man Thinketh by James Allen uh last well for the last several weeks uh to make things easy to find i'm going to class these as seasons whereas the main podcast which i do on a thursday i'm not putting seasons for that one so if you're wanting to look back and see um, each book i'll put them as seasons. so this will be season two and i'm quite excited and looking forward to reading today's um, intro and chapter because James Allen's book I've read several times, whereas this one is one I haven't read before, so it's all going to be new to me. I would imagine a lot of the information has been um, copied and um, you know, other people have put their spin on it since it came out, because this book came out in 1920. I did say I'd always tell you where you can get a copy. You can find a copy of this book at all online retailers and probably in physical bookshops if you want to go and order one. I downloaded this, which I believe is the original text, from the Internet Archive as a PDF free. The scan of it looks like it's the original text. It um, doesn't have the year of publication on it, but Google search says 1920, so that definitely puts it in the public domain. The book I've chosen to read for the next 12 weeks is The Power of Thought, by Henry Thomas Hamblin. Uh, as I've not read this before, I may offer some reflections at the end of each chapter. I might even pause in the middle of a chapter and offer some th thoughts that pop into my head. I don't know yet. We'll see how it goes, because this is the first episode for this. And I don't know how I'm going to run it. Once I've done this book if we've got enough listeners. Um, I'll let you decide whether you prefer it where I offer some of my feedback and thoughts or whether you'd prefer it where I just read the uh, chapter and share it as it is without any input from me. Uh, there's a good chance that I will cock up on some of the words. I may mispronounce them. It is an old book. There's no doubt going to be some words that I'm not familiar with. And uh, we'll see how those come out. Um, so with no more ado, let's get on with it, with the introduction of The Power of Thought by Henry Thomas Hamblin. Introduction. You are the architect of your own life. It is yours to make or to mar. By the power of thought you are building. Are you building aright? The power of thought, as Emerson says, is a spiritual power. It is the greatest power that man has at his disposal. The world today is in its present state simply as a result of mankind's collective thinking. Each nation is in its present state of either peace and prosperity, or poverty, murder and anarchy, simply as a result of its thinking as a nation. And each individual is what he is, and his life is what it is, and his circumstances are what they are, 
simply as results of his thoughts. What a man thinks he becomes. What a man thinks is the mainspring of all his actions. What a man thinks attracts to him his circumstances and environment. What a man thinks determines what type of friends and companions will gather around him. What a man thinks decides whether he shall be happy or miserable, successful or unsuccessful, healthy or unhealthy, prosperous or poverty-stricken, hated or loved. What a man thinks either builds up his character or pulls it down. What a man thinks can overcome fate or strengthen it, can bring him into alignment with his glorious destiny, or make him an outcast and a wanderer in the desert places. Indeed, there is no limit to the power of thought, because it is a spiritual power of intense potency. It is the power which distinguishes man from the brute. It is the power by which he can mount up to God. It is the power which can make the unsuccessful successful in the battle of life. It is the power which can make the loftiest achievement possible. It is the power by which difficulties can be overcome disadvantages of birth and parentage surmounted, and the life beautified and inspired and energised with God-given powers. By thought man either blesses or curses himself. By it he brings into his life either success or failure, health or disease, happiness or unhappiness, poverty or prosperity, it is all in his mind and the character of his thought. Whatever there is in your life or mine of disharmony, lack, sickness or unhappiness is the result of our disharmonious thought. We live in an orderly universe, but we do not react harmoniously to our environment. We are not in correspondence with the hidden law and order around us. It is not necessary for the universe to be altered. What is needed is that we ourselves should be changed. Within ourselves is the cause of the disorder in our own individual world, for we each live in a little world of our own creation. Therefore the disorder and trouble that afflicts us, or the lack that restricts our life, can never be overcome, save by a change of mind, habit, of thought and mental attitude. In the following pages an attempt is made to show how the reader can, by changing his thoughts and mental attitude, reverse the lever and come into harmony with the divine idea. When this is accomplished, his life will blossom like the rose. He shall be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break before him into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Okay, that's the end of the introduction. Um very much in line with my own philosophy got to say there and some of what i'm working on in my book um reality responsibility uh for any uh, listeners just bear in mind this was written in 1900 uh, sorry 1920 so when he says he it still means she or any other pronoun these days um but at the time most things were written as he so just bear with that, that's their writing, I'm reading it as written. So we'll now move on to chapter one. Chapter one, thought, the cause of action. 
There is the conscious mind and there is the subconscious mind. The conscious mind gathers knowledge and experience through the senses. It learns from books, conversation and experience. It reasons and forms conclusions. Finally, its thoughts pass down into the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is the mind of action. It is responsible for all that we do. It is the seat of memory and of instinct. It is a reservoir of tremendous power. It is of extraordinary intelligence. It carries out all the complicated processes within the body which make life possible. The wisest and most learned of men cannot begin to fathom its wonderful powers. But in spite of this we know enough about its manner of working to enable us to control it. And by controlling it we control our actions. And by controlling our actions we shape our life and overcome what is called fate. The subconscious mind, although so wonderfully intelligent and possessed of such extraordinary powers, acts entirely upon suggestion. That is to say, it follows blindly and faithfully the thought that we are sent... Sorry. That is to say, it follows blind... <laughs> that is to say, it follows blindly and faithfully the thoughts that are sent down to it. Therefore, upon our thoughts depends what sort of actions are brought forth. If evil thoughts are sent down into the subconscious mind, then evil, destructive action will be the natural result. If thoughts of weakness and failure are entertained, then weak actions leading to failure will, will, ine will inevitably follow. On the other hand, if good thoughts are entertained, then constructive good actions will result, and if strong, successful thoughts are entertained, they bring forth robust, constructive action which leads to success and, and achievement. It is impossible to think evil thoughts and bring forth good actions. Many have tried it. They have said, I will be outwardly respectable and blameless in life, but in secret I will think this thought. I will hug it to my bosom because it is pleasant, but I will let it go no further, because I know that evil action leads to shipwreck and disaster. Therefore I will deceive even my best friends. Outwardly I will be all that I ought to be, but in my thoughts I will be evil. Mine will be a double life. To outsiders I shall be one thing, and in my thought world something different. Thus I shall be able to enjoy evil in thought, and escape its penalties. Such an one does not reckon with the power and faithfulness of the subconscious mind. Every evil thought which is entertained and gloated over acts as a powerful suggestion to this patient giant, until at last it can stand it no longer, and bursts out into life in the form of a course of evil action, which is an exact replica of the thoughts which have been entertained. This explains why so often people... Hang on a minute. Sorry about this. Um, got to scroll down. This explains why so often people who have always been so exemplary in their conduct all at once go wrong and come crashing down to ruin. They are simply reaping the harvest of their thoughts. Quick time out. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty uh, on the nail still over a hundred years later, wouldn't you? Anyway, let's get back on with it. While this is true of the majority of those who indulge in secret evil thinking, there are yet those who either through lack of courage or opportunity, do not or cannot break out into a course of evil action. 
By their evil thoughts they arouse certain emotions which cannot be satisfied and which therefore have to be repressed. The effect of repression is either chronic ill health with no medical, which no medical skill can ever cure or, or, or organic disease that is beyond the art of man to heal. The reader must not imagine, however, that everyone who suffers in this way has been guilty of evil thinking, but the practice is certainly one of the ways by which some people can, and do, literally destroy themselves. This example is merely given as an illustration of the effect of evil thinking, and most people have seen evidences of it amongst their friends and relations. Most of my readers will doubtless be above this kind of thinking, but the same law acts with every kind of thought that is sent down into the subconscious mind. There are two kinds of thought, viz. constructive and destructive, sometimes called positive and negative. It depends upon which class of thought we persistently dwell upon and pass to the subconscious mind, what our actions in life are to be. If we allow our mind to dwell on destructive, negative thoughts, and this, unfortunately, is often the case as it requires no effort, then destructive and negative action will be the inevitable result. On the other hand, if we think positive or constructive thoughts, and to do this, effort is required, just as effort is required in climbing a hill, constructive action takes place as a natural result. Thus a man who gives way to hate and broods over his wrongs will be led to think of murder, and if he gloats upon thoughts of murder, a time will come when he may attempt murder. On the other hand, if the same man will keep his mind off his wrongs and think thoughts of forgiveness, or, better still, if he will love or hold in thoughts of goodwill the one who has wronged him, then... I'm going to start that sentence again. <clears throat> On the other hand, if the same man will keep his mind off his wrongs and think thoughts of forgiveness, or, better still, if he will love or hold in thoughts of goodwill the one who has wronged him, then his life will become happy and peaceful, and in its highest sense, successful. Again, a man who gives way to weak, fearful thoughts, who fears that his business will fail, who fears that his luck may give out, who fears that competition will arise which, with which he will be unable to cope, such a man will probably fail, because all his actions will be weak and hesitating and lacking in that strength, and decision, oh, I'll start that sentence again. He does write long sentences, doesn't he? <clears throat> again, a man who gives way to weak, fearful thoughts, who fears that his business will fail, who fears that his luck may give out, who fears that competition will arise with which he will be unable to cope, such a man will probably fail, because all his actions will be weak and hesitating and lacking in that strength and decision which are necessary for the achievement of success. <laughs> On the other hand, if he will banish every weak negative thought, every thought of possible failure, and constantly brace his mind by affirmations of success, in other words, send down strong suggestions of success to his subconscious mind, such a man will succeed in life because his actions will be strong and decisive. When faced by great difficulty, he will find that his subconscious mind will supply him with wonderful energy and staying power, great courage and determination, 
simply because it has been trained by right thinking to do so. It would be possible to fill a book with illustrations of the operation of this law, but in a little work of this kind these two must suffice. The law is immutable. It cannot be tricked or evaded. Whatever we think becomes sooner or later translated into action, and as upon our actions our life depends, it will be seen that it is possible by thought control to govern our life. For by controlling our thoughts we govern our actions. By governing our actions we mould our life and circumstances, thus shaping our fate. Life is not a matter of um, life is not a matter of chance or luck. It is not something out of our control. It is largely the result or effort of our thoughts. Therefore, by controlling our thoughts, and this, thank God, can be done, we can govern and direct our life to an almost unbelievable extent. As conscious thinking beings created, the Bible says, in God's likeness and image, or in other words, a microcosm of the macrocosm, we possess one of the greatest powers in the universe, and this power is thought. It depends upon how we use this wonderful power what our life shall be. The engine driver sends his engine either backward or forward, but it is the same power that is used in each case. In the same way, thinking man can either build up or destroy himself by the use or misuse of the potent power of thought. It depends upon how he uses this power, either for good or ill, as to whether his life shall be successful, healthy, happy or harmonious, or lacking in definite achievement, true success and happiness. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Okay, that's the end of chapter one. Quite good. I'm looking forward to reading the next chapter now. And uh, interesting, the thing about dark thoughts there. Uh, this is written, I think, before Jung would have come up with the um, shadow in our um, part of our psyche. It's interesting that he's talking about dark things there and dark thoughts because um, yesterday I was working on something which is either going to be a written article, it might be a video, might even be a main episode of this podcast where I'm looking at the shadow personality, how we can embrace it, acknowledge it and make it work for us. And um, so quite a coincidence there for me anyway. So that's the end of this chapter. I hope you found it enjoyable. I'm sorry if you heard a van door keep banging. It only went about three or four times whilst I was reading. It was fairly quiet, but there's, there's some workmen over the road. And uh, they keep going in the van to get tools. You might have also heard next door, but one's dog barking in the background. Background? <laughs> Anyway, that's it for this week's Monday Motivation Podcast. On Thursday will be my main episode. I have, um, I, I missed, well, didn't miss last week's as such. I didn't do a full episode. Um, I just gave an update on what's going on, how I no longer trade as BIY coaching. It's now purely reality responsibility because I'm now... Um, turning what was going to be a PDF into a book, which I hope to have out by the summer. So, um, thanks for listening in. <laughs> you probably just heard my phone beep. I think that's an Amazon order about to be delivered. 
So take care for now and I hope you'll tune in next week and do subscribe to my podcast.